may try to, to put it online or something. Um, so we're going to start out just with a question, and this question's going to be very important. It's going to lead into what this entire study is about. And this is open for so anybody to answer. I, I, what, I just want to ask the question, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? And anybody can answer that, just to get us started. The good news. The good news? For salvation, for eternity. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Absolutely. Pardon me. Good news. So, <clears throat> it's good news of our salvation, and what, what exactly does that mean? How, does, how do we understand the gospel? Yes, yes, that's right, that's right, that's right. That Jesus Christ, um, truly God, truly man, he came born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life for us. He was obedient to the law, and he died so that we could be made right before a holy God, right? So that's, that's the gospel. And the gospel, one of the things that we need to understand is it's not, a lot of people see the gospel kind of as a, a springboard or a diving board. But we need to understand the gospel not as a diving board, but the ocean that we swim in. It's the ocean that we swim in. So everything that, that we study, everything that we learn about God, everything about the Bible, all of his attributes, they're all submerged in the gospel. So this should help us to understand the gospel in a greater way. The more that we understand God, the more that we understand his attributes, the, the more that we understand the Bible, understanding it's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about the gospel. It is the ocean. So the attributes of God is something that we have to see in light of the gospel. And everything that we do here, we need to see in light of the gospel. I've got a question up here on the board. And it's written twice because my son thought that the first time that I wrote it, nobody could read it. <laughs> so he wrote it he wrote it again. So one of those one of those is me at the top and the other one is Cody. So yeah, back there. So does anybody know the answer to this question? What is the chief end of man? And this comes from the Westminster Confession of Faith. Um, basically what this question is asking is why do we exist? To glorify God. To glorify God. Exactly. I'm going to write that down. To love him. To love him? Yeah, absolutely. And to enjoy relay forever. Boom. That's that's right. <clears throat> to share his love with others. That's right. So this is part of the gospel. This is part of the gospel. And one of the things that we're going to focus on is this, how to glorify God, right? To glorify God. So many people nowadays want to know what something practical is. What's something practical? This is the practical part of this confession. This is part of the Westminster Confession of Faith. And it's nailed. So we have... <clears throat> We have the thing that we're trying to focus on, 
which is glorifying God. And how do we do that? You guys have already named some of those things. We love Him, right? We study. We grow in Him. There's things that we, everything that we do, we're trying to learn how to glorify God. And the, the result of this, the re- result of learning how to glorify God, is we're going to enjoy Him forever. And this is the second part of this confession. And it's a vital, vital, important part because this is the thing that will bring us joy, right? This is the thing that will bring us joy. John Piper, I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with um, with some of the stuff that Piper has written, but um, how many people know what hedonism is? All too well. What, what, what is, what's hedonism? It's the pursuit of pleasure. The pursuit of, that's right, the pursuit of pleasure. And you know where I'm going with this, don't you, Rick? <laughs> Rick knows where I'm going. So Piper, he kind of, he, he did a different spin on this, and he kind of coined this phrase of Christian hedonism, understanding that our ultimate joy and our ultimate purpose in life is found in glorifying God, and that's what brings us true happiness. Mm-hmm. And that is that's that Christian hedonism that Piper, um, he talks about pretty regularly. He's got some pretty good writings on that, some good books um, that I, I would recommend. So <clears throat> one of the things that I want to talk about first before we... This is just kind of our introduction on our introduction. I think we've got three introductions here. So we're going to get through them. Um, I want to talk just a little bit first about about me, just for a second, so, because you guys will know um, kind of where my heart is and where we're wanting to go with this, because I know a lot of you guys don't really know me very well. Um, so just a short testimony. Um, I was raised in a um, in a Christian family. My dad is was a Assembly of God pastor, and um, I really don't know what age I was when I become a Christian, okay? I honestly believe it was probably after me and Nikki got married, though. I don't, I don't believe that I was a Christian um, before that. Now, I, I was raised in kind of a, a more legalistic environment. Let me read something to you real quick. I want to show you something. In, uh, <clears throat> in Romans chapter 7, um, it talks a little, bit, a little bit about this, about... Uh, who I was. It says, Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 1, Or do you not know, brethren, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. For the married woman, now this is an analogy of what's just said, that we are um, united to the law of God. Okay, So don't, don't get this um, confused with it talking about a, a married woman. This is an analogy of what was just spoken about, about us being uh, united to the law. It says, For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living, that if her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning the husband. So then, if while her husband is living, she is joined to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is not an adulteress, though she is joined to another man. Now, this is, this is the state that we're all born in. We're all born united to the law of God. We're all, that's all written on our hearts. And so until Christ saves us, 
um, we're united to that. We must die. There must be a death, and then there must be rebirth, being born again. So in my testimony, um, though I was raised in a Christian family, um, I, I really didn't understand that. I, I was united to the law, and I tried to obey my way into Christianity. And that's pretty much what I did um, most of my life. I heard the gospel over and over again, but it didn't stick. What really changed me, um, and it was after me and Nikki was born, I was in my mid-30s, is um, my pastor, he wanted to, to set up a discipleship, a discipleship group that, that was similar to the, to the way that Christ set his up. There's an inner circle of three and 12 total. So what he did, he invited me to be one of the three, which was weird because I may not have even been a Christian at the time. I probably wasn't. Um, he invited me to be the inner circle. He, he wanted to disciple three men. And then he wanted to take from those three men and spread out to 12 men. And then these 12 men were going to kind of be who guided the church, right? So I started that, and we went through um, a discipleship a curriculum and to be honest with you I, I really didn't learn a whole lot um, I probably did but it, none of it sticks I can't tell you what I learned but what I did learn once once we developed the 12 people and we started getting together to learn discipleship that pastor he ran out of curriculum to talk about and so he was he was not an expositional pastor like we have with Brandon Brandon he takes scripture and he goes verse by verse through um, every every book of the Bible and I had never been exposed to that my entire life and I'm in my mid-30s been in church my whole life I've never never heard that and so this pastor he says well we're gonna we're gonna start ex expositing scripture you know we're gonna go verse by verse through the whole Bible or through we started in, in uh, Matthew and whenever he started doing that something changed in me and all of a sudden, I got this burden to study the Bible. I really, really wanted to know who God was. And, and Nick, you may not know this. I had, I had my own business at the time, so it's okay. I, some of the time, I had a key to the church, okay? So there was many days that instead of going to work, I would... The church was actually closer to town than our house. We lived way out in the country, kind of like we do now. <laughs> we live we live way up on Log Hill, so it's a long drive. But the church was closer to uh, to town where I was working at than our house. So I would go to the church during the during the week on many days and unlock the church, and I would go in and I would just read the Bible and study it. And I had never studied the Bible. I'd read the Bible my whole life, but I'd done it in a way um, that it was because it was something that I knew I was supposed to do rather than um, doing it because I loved it. And that was the big change in me that happened at that Bible study. And something happened, and I honestly believe that's when I become a Christian, uh, when I was in my mid-30s. And so I got so hungry for the Word of God, I started inviting um, some of my friends together for um, for lunch and things, and we would just disciple one another. We would talk about God. We would talk about doctrine and theology, and just try to try to grow in those things. And that's back when when smartphones started getting popular, 
And so I had lunch with a friend one time, and he said, have you ever heard of podcasts? And I'd never heard of a podcast, you know? you got to think this was a long time ago. So what's a podcast? And he's like, well, you can find pastors and preachers and teachers, and you can listen to them, you know, and pick out which ones you want. You just hit play, and you can listen to it. So <clears throat> I discovered podcasts, and I started listening to preaching pretty much 10 hours a day. I did it every day. I was, I was just hungry for the Word of God. And that kind of grew, that kind of grew um, in me to, to, to putting me on this quest to seek what was true. I wanted desperately to know what was true and who God really was. And so that helped me to start growing. And so naturally, the friends that I would meet for lunch, we all started kind of growing together and discipling one another which was, was an amazing thing. And then my pastor, he asked me to start teaching a class. And it was a young adult class. And this is how that some of this curriculum came about. Was um, <clears throat> That's where I'm kind of going with this. It's why that you have um, this curriculum that, that has a, a, my name on it. It's because I'm not very creative. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's what it is. I started writing my own curriculum because I couldn't find anything really... Um, that I felt was glorifying to God. I looked and I looked and I would read curriculum and I couldn't find anything so I started writing my own and then I had some of my friends that I was discipling they started asking to borrow it because they started teaching classes and so unfortunately my curriculum was written for me to understand. And I don't know about your notes and how you take notes, but there's a certain way that I take notes and it was for me to look at. And when other people studied it or read it, it, uh, it didn't make as much sense to them. So they would have to call me and ask me questions, which caused me to kind of further develop it because I knew other people were using it and start, um, started writing it a little bit more clearly. And so that's how that we wound up with, you know, I have several of these different curriculums that I've written, and some and some of them have been published. I'm trying to publish one a year. Is kind of is what my goal is on these. Um, <clears throat> what you have in front of you is the student guide, and the reason that I I gave this to you, this is you have to think of this kind of like a notebook because everybody learns. At different in different ways some people are audible learners some people like to write things down and when they write things down it helps them to remember them and then you can always go back and read your own notes which is something that I like to do personally so that's why that when you start going through this I've left spaces there's blanks and most of those blanks are going to is going to be spots where it's, it's a good a good point to, to take notes to write notes down and then in the very back of each chapter there's a page that's called notes, and so if you guys ever want to take any notes, and it's not something that we're that we're tra that we're traveling through, kind of something like what we're doing right now, which we're going to kind of do here and there, um, that's a good place to do it. So just so you'll know, that's kind of the idea behind what you guys have is is to give you something to write in, just to kind of help, because some people learn that way better, right? So <clears throat> that's that's uh, that's the reason that that I did that. Um, any questions so far on that? All right. Good, good. So we're going to go um, and we're going to look at it. Let's go to page one and we're just, we'll get started here. Page one. 
so in page one, I've got a um, <coughs> an introduction to this class. Introduction to this class. And I'm just going to read some of this so we can kind of understand where we're going. And this is an introduction to the introduction. So this is our second introduction out of three. So this says, um, <coughs> this is the class where we are going to roll up our sleeves and dive in to learn, discuss, debate, and ultimately glorify God in a way that other classes may not have the time to do. Now, the reason I wrote this, the way that I wrote it, is because Pastor Brandon and the, the elders of the church have set up really a brilliant way for us all to learn. And there's different classes. We have D1 classes. We have D2 classes. Some of these classes are set up to help us grow relationally. And that's what the celebration groups do. Um, other classes help us to grow expositionally, like Rick's class, where he teaches the Bible verse by verse and really helps us to understand the Bible. And Brandon does that with his, with his preaching. So this class is kind of another branch of that, and we're gonna. Our focus is going to be um, on trying to understand and, and know who God is, and understand Him in a better way. Um, so our focus is going to be more on theology, and we're going to get into that a little bit and talk about that for for a little bit. Don't get too scared of that word. So let's look at the next part here. <clears throat> it says. You will learn words and concepts that you have probably never heard before. Our intent is to leave no one behind, so don't be shy to ask questions if you don't understand something. So that's, that's kind of my, the way that I, I like to teach. is um, I want us all to be interactive and to be able to discuss things, to be able to talk about things. Um, to be able to grow. If there's, if there's something that we're having a hard time um, understanding, I don't mind spending time on that because we are going to dive deep into some of these things. Um, so uh, to me, that's 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 important. Now, there's a difference between um, things that are are difficult to accept and things that are diff are difficult to understand, right? And so we're going to spend as much as much time as we can on things that. It, that is difficult to accept about God. And with that, um, I, I say that my, I'll, I'll give anybody my cell phone number, my email, if you ever want to grab coffee, if there's um, anything you want to discuss or talk about that's hard to accept, um, I will be here for anybody. Anybody who wants to talk about those things, I will take the time and I will do that. I promise you that. That's my heart. My heart is for, I, I see you guys as being the bride of Christ. I take this study very seriously uh, because I believe that I'm, I'm held to a very accountable level as we heard from our, our sermon this morning, Brandon. And I completely agree with him. This is something um, that is is very serious for me. And I love you guys. You are the, the bride of Christ, and I want desperately for each one of you, all of us, to grow in that right there, to learn to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That's, that's what our ultimate goal, our ultimate purpose is of this class. So <clears throat> let's look at the, the next point here. It says, we're not going to rush through this to simply cover more real estate. 
Our intent is to go as deep as we can in order to answer looming questions about who God is and learn what the Bible teaches us concerning him. So this is going to take some work. So congratulations. You guys are all promoted to blue-collar workers. <laughs> we, all, we all have to put in some work on this. It's going to be um, something that, that um, it's going to take some time and some work. And the next point I have here, and this is a very important point. It says there's going to be disagreement here. Uh, one of the great things a good disciple of Christ can learn is how to disagree. And to me, this is one of the parts of discipleship that seems to be the most overlooked. Um, there's, it's so important for us um, to learn how to disagree. We're going to learn things about God that, um, that has been accumulated for over 2,000 years of our brothers and sisters laboring in the faith. And so this is going to be a biblical teaching on the attributes of God. And so if, we, if anybody disagrees with something, and, it, and it's very likely that we probably will because there's, in this church we have kind of a mixture of theology that's come in. We have people from every church background. And so if you have different backgrounds coming together, uh, there's going to be some disagreements here and there. And so these are, these are things that are, are so important for us to learn how to handle. And so... Um, there's disagreement. And this is something you guys may want to write down. Is disagreement should always be done for two purposes. For two purposes. Love and truth. Love and truth. You see, because our, our goal is to know and to understand what is true. The truth, right? This is a quest. It's a quest for truth. And so, let's not make any mistake. That's what the Christian life is. The Christian life is a quest for truth. And we all have an idea of who God is. Um, and so in that aspect, we're really all theologians. And that's something we're going to talk about a little bit. But sometimes our idea about who God is can be wrong. It can be wrong. And so <clears throat> sometimes we, what we tend to do is we, we ascribe our own attributes to God rather than looking in the Bible, looking in the scriptures, to understand who God truly is. And so, our quest for truth, it may lead uh, to disagreement, but this must be done in love. That's, that's the most important thing. If we disagree, if there's any disagreement here in this class, it must be done in love. So we either love to be right, <laughs> or we love the truth, right? So which one is it? Do we love to be right, or do we love the truth? Truth, exactly. So uh, it's it's sometimes it's hard for us to get past this pride that we have, and I and I'm guilty of that too. And at the bottom of any any disagreement, there has to be a desire to truly know God to truly know God and not just what we assume about him, right? We don't want to, you know, Brandon talked this morning in his message about how, about bad pastors, right? <coughs> about how the bad pastors, um, they take the theology that they hold to and they use that as a filter to read scripture. 
And so they filter their own ideas through Scripture and misinterpret things when they do that. Um, we're going to do our very best to not do that and try to undo that. And that's hard and that's difficult to do sometimes. But that's that's our goal and that's where, that's where we're going with all this. So um, we, we should love the truth of God because we love people. Because we love people. We love one another because we are the, bi- the bride of Christ. Um, we, we love people too much to let them understand something that's false about God, to have them misrepresent God. I love the bride of Christ. I love you guys, and I love the church too much to, to let you guys believe something that may not be right about God. And that's, I'm not saying that you guys are wrong. What I'm saying is we need to understand these things as we go through this study. So that way uh, we know how to, to disagree if there is any disagreement. So one of the things we need to understand too is that relative truth does not exist. That's the next point on page two. Relative truth does not exist. And this is um, this is a, yeah, this is a theme that really the last 20 years, I would say, that's been the world view is that you can have your truth and I can have my truth and at the end of the day, everybody's going to be fine. Right, because we can all believe something different, you know, it's okay. But that's that is an illusion that does not exist. There is only one thing that is true, and that is what God tells us that the truth is. The next point I hear I have here is really, in my opinion, what the worldview is today. It says majority or collective truth does not exist. It seems like we've almost gone past this post. Um, uh, this this whole I- relative idea uh, of truth, and we've gotten into a new world view that hasn't been defined yet, and I like to call it collective truth. That's that to me nails it because we're to this point now to where worldview has almost reshaped itself to where it's not what you think and what you think and everybody's okay it's now what does the majority say that's where we're at now that's our world view it's this collective truth right so if the majority all says that something's right and you disagree with them then all of a sudden you're the outcast you're the enemy and that's why that the church is being persecuted today right because of this this whole idea of, of this collectivism that I like to call it so that I, I believe that's our new world view. But I, I think that's where that's we're at. The majority sometimes is what they present to who they present to be the majority. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily the, the real majority. That's true. What because the media can shape us. <coughs> it can shape the society and and a lot of times what we hear in the media may not be what the majority of people, yeah. Yeah, because it's so deceiving nowadays. Like just to watch the the news to see what's happening, it's it's very difficult. So yeah, what this does, these things that we've just talked about, um, and understanding what truth is, and and understanding truth and love, what it does is it unites us as a body. It unites us as a body of Christ, and that's what we are. We are a local body of Christ. And the closer that we can get together on the same page 
on what we believe theologically and doctrinally, uh, the more united and the stronger that we're going to be in society, in the workplace, in, every, in the home, in our marriages, in everything that we do. So it's so important for us to, to, to be united in these things and to be able to talk to one another about things so we can, can grow and learn to be on the same page. This is a lot to ask with the church of mixed theology. Again, back, back to that point, but that's where we want to go. That's where we're wanting to head is, is to be united as a church body. Um, so I think we all understand that unity in the church is vital. It's so important for us to be united. Um, and it's hard to do that without being on the same page doctrinally because we can't uphold um, what we don't understand. And that's one of the things that we're going in into in this class. We can't glorify God if, if there's things that we don't know about Him. There's certain, we, we can't glorify God in those areas that we, um, that we may not know. And we really can't love God wholly and entirely um, if our understanding of God is limited to some degree. So we're kind of, we're trying to grow in that and learn. Um, now, I mentioned a word a while ago that may be scary to some, and some people may be like me and giddy when the word is mentioned, and that is the word theology. Theology. Does anybody know what that word means? The study of God. The study of God. That's right. You can break this word in two. You have anything that's an ology, which is a study of something, right? Mm -hmm. And then theo is the name for God. So it's not so scary when you break that down and understand that theology, all it is is the study of God. And that's what we're going to be doing. Is we're just going to be studying um, who God is and studying His attributes. Um, I'm going to write that down. So this, it just means the study of God. I'm probably going to use this board a lot because I've never had one. <laughs> right? um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm super excited because I can just I can write things. So. Even though Rick's probably mad at me. <laughs> because he had a huge thing written up here for Sunday school this morning. And I erased it. I'm sorry, Rick. It's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, number one, theology means the study of God. But there's more to this. If There's also the idea of who... God is. Now, one of these things is, is a practical thing. One of these is a technical thing, right? This is a technical thing. It's the study of God. That's what theology is, right? The idea of who God is, that's a practical thing. And it's because of this, the idea of who God is, that I say that everybody is a theologian. Everybody's a theologian. You're either a good theologian or a bad theologian, right? Even the world, even the world has an idea of who God is. And so what we're going to try to do here 
is to shape this idea of who God is by doing the study of God biblically through the study. So, again, we have something practical, which is something that, you know, today that's what everybody wants is something practical. But how do we get to something <coughs> practical? By the truth. By learning and understanding who God truly is. And that's where we're going. Any questions about that? The B-I-B-L-E. Does anybody sing that when you were a kid? The B-I-B-L-E? Yes, that's the book for me. That's the book for me. Nikki, probably, did you ever hear that song, Nikki? <laughs> I stand upon the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. So, think about theology like this. The Bible is our hub. It's, it's where all of our understanding comes from. And if you kind of think of... Um, I'm going to erase this right here real quick. If you think of, of the Bible and you think of theology, kind of like a wagon wheel. Okay? There's a wagon wheel. What we're wanting to do with theology is to learn how to connect each attribute of God together so that we can have a perfect understanding of who He is. Now some people, some people, and we're all kind of in this boat, some people have this wagon wheel, and that's a terrible circle. And we start, okay, so we start this, this kind of understanding it starts to grow, but it hasn't reached here yet. And we have this, this understanding of God that we haven't learned how to tie everything together yet. So what are some attributes of God without looking at the book? What's some attributes of God? Anybody? Loving. Love. Holiness. Holiness. Omniscient. Faithful. Faithful. Yeah. Justice. Just. Mercy. Mercy. Never changing. Never changing. Otherwise called immutable. Immutable. We're going to go over that. It's going to be great. Creative. What? Creative. Creative? Creator? Yeah. So this is just a few of the attributes of God. So what we're going to be going over isn't going to, we're not going to cover every attribute of God. We've got certain ones that we're going to try to go over and learn. But the important thing to understand is how that these all tie together to complete what we know about the Bible. To complete what, what do we know about the Bible? That is vital. We want our understanding of each one of these things to continue growing until we complete that. Does that make sense? Any thoughts on that? Questions so far? It seems like uh, the differences that we have 
in the whole Bride of Christ about our views on theology, etc., have to do really with our view of Scripture. If we place Scripture equal to or under our church tradition or the teachings of a, a particular school of thought, and kind of goes back to the eisegesis reading into the Bible. Yes. What we wanted to say. Um, and so just that may be where some disagreements come up later is, you know, I was taught by all these people that I really respect and that denominations have been around for thousands of years. How can they be wrong? Well, because we're people <laughs> and we can be wrong. But That's right. The, the Bible being the hub really is pivotal, I think, in terms of how the rest of it goes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and you make a fantastic point. Um, why are so many faithful men in, in disagreement with one another over what is faithful and true to the Word of God? That's such an important part. And you nailed it. Because we're all sinners. That's the answer. We all have an aspect of sin in our lives. And that's why that we all can disagree on certain aspects of theology and doctrine. So, so important to understand. And, what, and one of the words he used, and we are going to go over some big words, uh, is eisegesis. And uh, does anybody else know who, what eisegesis is? So... We have eisegesis and we have exegesis, okay? Eisegesis is that screen um, that Brandon talked about this morning. It's a screen that we use to filter the Bible through. So we take our own ideas and we read them, we insert them into the Bible. So we take the theology and the doctrines and the things that we want to believe to be true, and when we read the Bible, we say, oh yeah, it says it right there. And we don't take the whole Bible into context, right? That is so important is for us to learn the context of what the Bible is talking about. And that's what exegesis is. So I'm just explaining that because he used the word eisegesis. That is something that's important for us to understand is the difference between eisegesis and exegesis. Exegesis means that we read the Bible and we take it for what it truly says. We draw our doctrine, we draw our theology out of the Bible. We let it be its own um, its own explanation, its own context. We take all those things that, the, that God says about himself and we take it for what it says and we believe it. That's, that's, that's what Brandon does on Sunday. Brandon, that's why we call it exegetical teaching because he's using um, exegesis is what it's called to bring out what the Bible truly says. Does that make sense? Everybody understand that? I explained that. And, and so I think it is important for, for us to, to know and understand what some of these bigger, bigger words are. So that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Let's look at page three. Got a little bit more time. We're going to get into the actual introduction now. We're, we're finally to the introduction. So we're probably going to be in the introduction Probably this week and maybe next week. That's kind of my goal. But again, I'm not. I don't want to rush things just to get through it. So if if we get hung up on something, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. We're going to go as slow as we need to go on it. Okay. 
So I've got a quote here from Steve Lawson. It says, high views of God lead to high and holy living. High views of God lead to exalted, transcended worship of God. But low views of God lead to low and base living. And that's such a good quote. Um, <clears throat> it's a, this first point says, the most important thing about you is your view of God. That's a big statement. Let's qualify it. That is a big statement. And I, and I did this on 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 a t on t uh, purpose to try um, to get everybody's attention. Um, what we understand about God is the most important thing. So why is that? Any anybody want to answer that? Why do you think that the way that we view God is the most important thing about our lives? Yes, it does. In this yeah. life and, and whether we live in the next, or how we live in the next one, where we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen this a lot in, in, in people with their confusion when tough times come. It's because they don't know who God is. They think that either God has abandoned them or that he's unjust or whatever, you know. And it's because of their ignorance of who he is that they that they're troubled. Bingo. Like that, you know, God is abandoned and that He's not real. Yeah. 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 There's more people ignorant about this than, uh, yeah, it just boggles my mind how many people don't know the Bible because they don't read the Bible. So they're ignorant. I'm not saying stupid, I'm saying their lack of knowledge. Yeah. This is God's Word. Yeah. This is, this is, uh, to help us in life, and if you don't read it, you don't know it. That's right. So you're ignorant. Yeah. So read it. Don't be ignorant. And that way, when young people read it, when they go to college, they go have a professor that can talk them out of their belief. That's because right. Because they've got this in their heart. If you read just a sentence of this a day, yeah, you know, I like to read a chapter. But if you just read a sentence, you're reading God's word. That's right. Every day. Yeah. And, yeah, and it'll have an effect. Oh, it does. It does. Absolutely. Listening about a new Jesus that has come on the stage, he has got people divorcing one another, leaving their lifestyle and following him. And, I mean, if they knew the Bible, there's no way that they could accept him as Jesus. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, just a simple thing like that. How many times, over and over again, people fall into that same trap? That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we need to make no mistake that our view of God will have eternal consequences. That is absolutely the truth. There's, there's no neutral position when it comes to God. We're, we either love God or we hate Him. That's what the Bible says. We're either His child or we're His enemy. Or his enemy. So it's so important. So, as a believer, there's nothing that's more important than learning who God is. And it's one of the reasons that this study is going to be important is because it's it's impossible for us to love someone if we if we don't know anything about them, right? It's kind of like we sometimes we come to God 
we come to faith in Christ and we understand the gospel, but that's as far as we go. How does that work when you're when you're courting your your spouse? You know, if you if you just know their name, but that's as far as you ever go. You don't ever get to know what their favorite color is, what their favorite food is, what they like to do for for fun. You know how they like to enjoy their evenings. That's how that we um, when we're courting one another, dating before we get married, is we're learning everything that we and and we want desperately to know who our spouse is. We want to know them. We want to know everything about them because we love them, right? That's 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 what it is to be married, to be united. And so as a Christian, we should view God in that way. We shouldn't um we shouldn't just be um content with having a basic understanding of God. But we should want to to know everything that we can possibly know about him and grow in our knowledge of God so that we can grow in our love. That's how that that we grew in our love for our, our spouses is the more that we got to know them, the more that there was to love about them, right? You can't love something about your spouse that you didn't know about them. You have to know what that is, right? And when you learn what that is, then it helps us to to, to love them in a greater way, and that's the way that we need to view God. And we're commanded by Jesus to love God with um, with what? Yes. Yes. And have you guys ever thought about what that is? What each one of those things are? It's it's vital for us to understand. I mean, sometimes we spew this, these verses off, but do you ever think of what it means to love God with your whole heart? with your whole soul, with your whole mind, and with your whole spirit. Have you ever thought about breaking those into categories to try to understand what each one of those things are? And one of the things that the church focuses on is loving God with our whole hearts. That's something that we do. But it's important for us to learn to love God with our whole minds. That's one of the things that we're commanded to do is to love God with our whole mind. So we want to use our minds and learn to grow in these things right here. And in, in, in all these these attributes of God and different points of doctrine and different points of theology. If that makes sense. So um, see if we're if we're gonna to deepen our knowledge of God, we have to have an accurate and a clear understanding of who God is. So it's, it's so important uh, for us to understand that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever, which I erased. But that is so important, um, to glorify God and to enjoy Him, to learn to enjoy Him forever. Um, one of the, the next point I have on here is all of theology is for all of life. So... The reason I say that is because the way that we understand God is going to affect every part of your life. Mm -hmm. Every part of your life is going to be affected by the way that you understand God. A high view of God will lead to greater worship and adoration of God. That's that's where we're we're wanting to get to. Um, And I've got a quote here on page 4. 
from Ar Arthur Pink, who's one of my favorite theologians. I love Ar Arthur Pink, and he, he, he states things so well. He says, and this, this is him speaking in his book. This is just a quote that I pulled out of his book. It says, in one of his letters to Erasmus, Luther, talking about Martin Luther, said, your thoughts of God are too human. Probably that renowned scholar rescinded such a rebuke, the more so since it proceeded from a miner's son. Nevertheless, it was thoroughly deserved. We too, though having no standing among the, among the religious leaders of this degenerate age, prefer the same charge against the majority of the preachers of our day and against those who, instead of searching the scriptures for themselves, lazily accept the teachings of others. Mm -hmm. The most dishonoring and degrading conceptions of the rule and reign of the Almighty are now held almost everywhere. To countless thousands, even among those professing to be Christians, the God of Scripture is quite unknown. That is such a good quote. And so, as a church we want to know God. We want to know Him the best way that we possibly can. We want to grow in that knowledge. That way we can grow united as a church, as a body, and we can learn how to love one another and learn the people, learn how to love the people that, um, that we interact with every day at, at church and at, in the workplace and when we're out at the marketplace and everywhere we go. We want to learn um, the more that we learn how to love God, the more that we can learn how to interact and love other people. Because if we're lacking in our um, desire to worship God every day in our life and in song and in action and speech and in life and the workplace and the marketplace and all these different places, it's probably because we haven't really taken the time to get to know Him which is, um, is what we're really wanting to do. And that's why everybody's here. Because we all want to take the time to get to know God in a better way. I've got a few more minutes. Um, <clears throat> let's look at the next point. It says, if we want to grow in our intimacy with God, studying the attributes of God is a good place to start. In this class, we will look closely at the attributes of God. This will sharpen your understanding of God, who He is, what he has done, and why that this is so important. The higher your view of God, the lower your view of man becomes. This is a good thing. God is always the hero, and his love for us is greater than we can comprehend. It is the knowledge of God that helps us better define ourselves. Now this, where I said that God is always the hero, this is one of the things that I'll probably go back to again and again. Nikki says that I repeat myself too much. <laughs> but there's, I have a thick head. So sometimes it takes a lot to get in this thick head. And I, so I assume there, I may not be the only one here that has a thick head. I don't know though. I don't know everybody. But I do repeat things um, a lot uh, that I, I believe is important. Because emphasizing importance. Yeah, hearing standard exactly. Yeah, hearing things over <laughs> and over again sometimes helps us to get it in that thick head, or at least it does me. 
It does me. So sorry, Nikki. I probably will say um, that God is our hero many times. And so that's something for us to understand when we read the scriptures, when we read the Bible. It's always about Christ. It's always about Jesus. Um, it's either directly or indirectly about Jesus Christ. Even the Old Testament, it doesn't matter where you're at. Always try. One of the things that I always do is, is I try to ask, you know, when I'm reading the Bible, what does this tell me about Jesus? In which way does this point me to Christ? It doesn't matter where I'm at in the scriptures. I'm always asking myself that question. The second question I, I say is, how does this help me to understand God in a greater way? Because that's what scripture does for us. Is it helps us to grow into, in our understanding of who he is. So, um, <clears throat> do, you ever, do you ever get the answers out of Leviticus when you're reading all those names? <laughs> yeah, Leviticus yeah. can be. It can be it can be tough sometimes. Yeah. Um, and talking about this last point here, that the more that we understand God, really our our view of Him is accelerated, and our our view of man it becomes lower. And this is this is a good thing. Um, and we can't. We can't understand how that we're made in the image of God unless we can understand who God is and be accurate in, in how we represent Him, how we understand Him. In First Peter 1, 1.16 it says, Because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Now this is a good example here. Um, how can we understand... Um, that we need to be holy if we don't understand the holiness of God. If we don't understand the holiness of God, we can't understand how that we need to be holy, right? So that's why it's so important for us to understand uh, the attributes of God. And we can, we can apply each one of these things to these points right here, how that He is love. We can love people better if we understand how that God loves us. We can understand how to have mercy on people if we understand how that God is merciful to us. So each one of these things we can apply this to and understand, you know, again, going back to that thing of how, how does this affect us in the way that we live, it, it does in every way. In every way it affects how that we live our lives. You know, back to what we talked about earlier. So a high view of God and a low, low view of man it really helps us in every aspect of our lives, in, in everything. Uh, the, the, the greater that, that we understand humans and how that we're all imperfect, that we're all fallen, and that we're all in need of a Savior, desperately in need of a Savior, the more that we understand that we're completely dependent upon God, um, what happens is our understanding of man begins to lower and so the more accurate that our view of God becomes, the more that our expectations that we place on other people, um, we learn that we should place those upon the shoulders of God instead. Because we learn, like, like Brandon talked about today, is learning how to be weak. Learning how to be weak, not strong. You know, it used to offend me a long time ago. When people would say, oh, Christianity 
It's just a crutch. It's just a crutch for weak people. You know, that used to bother me. It doesn't bother me anymore because it's true. I'm a weak person. I cannot stand on my own strength. I need to lean upon God. I'm weak, and I need Him desperately. And that's what we all need. That's the place that we're all in, is we need to learn how to be desperate and to lean upon His own strength. That way, when we see our our wives, our husbands, our children, we don't put this this, these expectations upon their shoulders that they cannot bear because they're weak too. So when we have this high view of God and this low view of man, our lives become what they should be, honoring and glorifying to God and dependent upon Him. We're out of time. Is there any questions or any thoughts on this so far? Yeah, Mike, I think you make a good point here talking about... Uh being too lazy to learn about God. But I think that laziness may come from a desire to be lazy. The more we know God, the more we have to repent in our lives. And it does change our lives, knowing God. And some people don't want to change. It's true. Some people don't want to believe, even though they've got all the evidence. Yeah. 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 Any other... Any other thoughts or so I'm detecting that too is is how much we allow the Holy Spirit to guide our life. Um, you talk about laziness. If you know, for allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us, we wouldn't be lazy. I wouldn't think. <laughs> I mean, it, we would be spirit driven. Yeah. We would be relying upon our own physical, you know, selves totally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, like she's saying, sometimes to have a Christ that fits my lifestyle is more convenient. Yeah. And I think many people in church live that way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's right. Very good. Well, guys, I hope um, I mean, we're off to a, to a start on this thing. I, I ask that you, um, you stay with, with us until we get through this introduction and I think um, I think you guys will enjoy the class. If nothing else, I'll, I'm going to enjoy teaching it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and plus, I, I can write. And and you know, sometimes I think the reason I haven't had one of these is because um, my spelling's not great. Sometimes I'm pretty good. So so don't don't be if I if I misspell a word, no judgment. then yeah, and and it's okay to say hey, you misspelled that word. So. Um, my fa- I, I never learned. I never learned fonts. <laughs> That's right. There we go. I can spell good as long as I have spell check. <laughs> so, well, who wants to who wants to close this? Does anybody want to close this in prayer? Rick. Sure. Uh, Lord Father, that you may be supreme in our lives. We ask, Lord Father, that you would. Uh, uh, bless Mike as he leads us through this study of your character, and I pray, Lord Father, that um, uh, that would not be just in our heads, but in our hearts. Lord Father, teach us to repent, that we may come closer to you, and understand you, and love you, Lord Father, similarly as you have loved us. Lord God, I pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Thank you.